Good evening, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Pastor Toby Tucknox, um, the water boy. Day four. Uh, <laughs> we got a great guest coming up. Second segment. Okay. Robert Sirico. There we go. Sure. The economics of parables. Yeah. Dave Bonson's all over this book. Hey, this year our national conference is in Knoxville, Tennessee, October 6th through the 8th. The theme of this year's conference, you should be able to say this with me now. Lies, propaganda, storytelling, and the serrated edge. Shing. You got that thing you have for me? Come on. Satan is the father of lies, and the mother of those lies is a government that has rejected God. We have especially been lied to these last two years, and the COVID panic has been one of the central mechanisms our government has used to lie to us and grab more power. Mm. Because Christians have not been reading their Bibles, we are susceptible to lies and weak in our ability to fight those lies, especially through telling good stories. That's That's how how we need to fight those lies. God has given us his word to fight Satan and his lies, and we need to recover all of it. It's serrated edge and all, so mark your calendars for October 6th through the 8th as we fight, laugh, and feast with fellowship, beers, psalms, our amazing lineup of speakers, Doug Wilson, Jared Longshore, Ben Merkel, George Gilder. I'm so excited. I'm going to be there. Knox is going to be doing something special. I don't know when we can talk about that. You can hang with our awesome vendors, meet new friends, and more. We, out of the generosity of our hearts, have extended (laughs) early bird registration to the end of June. Yes, end of June. June 30th. June 30th. We had a bunch of people complaining. It's like, we haven't made our summer plans yet. Yeah, well, make them now. You got until the end of June. Go to flfnetwork.com forward slash Knoxville 2022, and we'll see you in October. I'm just gonna say this right here. Say it right here. We 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 need to choose this day whom we'll serve. I'm, I'm, we'll make that connection here in a minute. Wait, wait. All right. Like, who who will we serve? Like is this, like Joshua, or is this like Elijah? Oh, both actually. Okay. We're right. we're kind of a both right okay. there on that I'm one. Just and, 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 and here's the reason because you know Rahm Emanuel. Yep. Right. He's what was his you know kind of famous quote there? Never waste a crisis. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Never waste okay. a crisis. Okay. Uh, are we gonna serve? Kind of this this God of crisis, make laws, birth laws out of crisis? Or are we going to serve the God of the Bible where laws aren't dependent on crisis? That's really good, Gabe. Right? That's, uh, we're, right, it's it's embedded in the Democratic kind of party psyche to never waste a crisis. Don't you think Republicans do that too? I, oh, yeah. I, I would throw them in there, okay. but not, not in the same way I'm throwing the Democrats in that pile. Uh, okay. Republicans definitely react the same way. And weak and emotional people are susceptible kind of to this sort of rule. Okay. Mm. Weak and emotional people are susceptible to masking. Right. Whenever there's a crisis, make a law. Yep. Make a law. Yeah. Another way of stating this is, do we want to be ruled by the petty and ugly tyrant of the urgent? Mm. Or do you want to be ruled by the by the predictable and loving father? Yeah. Father of Jesus. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Earlier today, the House Judiciary Committee held an emergency meeting debating the regulating uh, regulation of guns. Is this breaking news? Yeah. This is breaking news. This happened today. Oh, this is why on. we're your nightly news source. Oh, come on. They do okay. this like every day. They're oh. like, hey, hey, we need to yeah. ban guns. There's only yeah. so much. But they're debating it right now in the House Judiciary Committee. <laughs> yes. Like right now. Yeah. Right. The, the, they're debating, you know, the amount of ammo rounds you can have in your MAGA clip. Yeah. What? They're even debating... Um, where you should store your guns in your house. It's called Bill HR 7910. Okay. And of course, this debate was birthed out of the uh, the, the urgency of the Uvalde shooting. Right. That's where this debate right. came right. from. And there was like a Tulsa shooting now and yeah. all kinds of stuff, right? It, and I, I, I hope, York shooting I hope right. you've learned from watching over the years that when laws are made out of crisis, it is not about the crisis, but a grab for power far beyond that crisis. Listen to Sheila Jackson Lee from today. H.R. 7910, protecting our kids. 
is a combination of humanity, <laughs> courage, decency, and action. Oh. Wow. I'm holding the Constitution. I don't see a Have match read it? that's lit no. the Constitution that has extinguished it. I don't see a match either. I don't see any elimination of the Second Amendment. I don't see you quoting it. That needs a constitutional process to even address that question. We're in a crisis of death. We don't need we a constitutional have a war crisis. Crisis. On the children yeah. of America. Oh, a war for the She's children. She's talking about abortion? This is the question of whether or not we as Americans are blind. Do we only see the power we and are. money of gun manufacturers? The assault weapons ban is a necessity. A seven-week waiting period is a necessity. Mm. Actions against manufacturers to give civil liability is a necessity. And countering the cycle of violence is a necessity. And I'm calling on all of you to have a sense of humanity. God knows we need action for it is a sin and a shame on us, oh. on the House and the Senate, and then to the president's desk. Shame on us. We like, can't move legislation now. Like a seven-week ban Did or waiting, pro waiting period would stop anything. She invoked God when she said sin, right? Sin, like, yeah. this is a yeah. sin. She was like preaching. So she must be against Gay Pride Month. Since we're going to bring up sin, yeah. you know, one of the things reading uh, the conservative mind, one of the things that Edmund Burke talks about is prudence and how important it is. Right. So it seems that she has no problem exercising prudence when it comes to whether or not you can own a gun, which happens to be something that's inside the Second Amendment. But she has no prudence on recognizing whether or not she considers how we should look at this bill and how to protect Americans within the Second Amendment. They had an emergency meeting. No prudence used whatsoever on their side. Yeah. <laughs> but they want to make sure they exercise prudence on whether or but, not the rights that you should have but to Knox, defend yourself Knox, on the other side. This is for humanity and the children. I'm, oh, and yeah. decency and courage. Yeah, well, let's uh, bring up Mondaire Jones. I hope I pronounced it right. Mondaire Jones and what he had to say about, New York. about the children. To the parents who mourn and the children who fear, all you have to offer are more guns and apparently the ridiculous idea of fewer school doors. Or time after time, guns. you have chosen to put your right to kill over our right to live. What? Now we know that it is up to us to save ourselves from you. Enough of you telling us that school shootings are a fact of life when every other country like ours has virtually ended it. Enough of your thoughts and prayers, enough. Oh. You will not stop us from advancing the Protecting Our Kids Act today. If the filibuster obstructs us, we will abolish it. Ooh. If the Supreme Court objects, we will expand it. And we will not rest until we have taken weapons of war out of circulation in our communities. What we will do is not fail the children of this country the way that you have failed us. The generations of Columbine, Sandy Hook, Parkland, and Uvalde. It's all the Republicans' fault. And, uh, and note here, I mean, he is basically arguing for lawlessness. Right. We will do whatever we need to do. We will get rid of the filibuster. Right. We will get rid of the Supreme Court. We will expand the Supreme Court, which right. is basically yeah. getting rid of right. the Supreme Court. That's lawlessness. We will do whatever we want. But they can get away with this because it is a crisis. This is yeah. what happened in COVID. Yeah, right. this is it's right. a crisis. We right. can take away all your constitutional right. Um, yeah. rights, 
and it goes so far as make you wear something on your face. Right. So here's what's interesting to me. So he is from New York. Yeah. And it's shocking to me that someone from New York. Remember what New York did? When did they do that? When did they passed the law that they can have abortions up until was that they lit the whole sky yeah. pink. Was that around 2020? I think it was around then. Yeah. And come on, they lit up the Empire State <clears throat> Building pink. Pink. Yeah, the whole thing pink. But here's yeah. what's interesting. Go blood, to the, blood color for babies. This is this is what's crazy. The top ten states that have the highest abortion rates. Now we're talking about kids. Yeah. We're talking about sin. Yeah. We're talking about morality. We're talking about saving the little ones, the most innocent ones, the ones, people who right. are not moving fast enough. Do you want to have a body count? Yeah. I don't think so. Look at this. This is just New Jersey is wow. at 10. Then you go up to Massachusetts, then Connecticut, North Carolina, Nevada, Michigan, Georgia, Florida. Number Ugh. two is Illinois. Ugh. And the number one place in yeah. America where abortions are right now is New York City. New York. Where he comes from. Where he's from. Where Mondaire comes from. Which, by the way, he has has less than a 50% chance of surviving if he's in his mother's womb. In in the city, right? In in New York City. Yeah, look at Jason Riley's article So Jason Riley talked about this, and he goes on to say that, what was the numbers? Go to the next article. According to the city of Health and Department report released in May between 2012 and 2016, black mothers terminated 136,000 426 Ugh. pregnancies and gave birth, check this out, to 118,000. They killed more babies than they had. Yep. Oh my God. So he has a less chance. He can go over to Chicago, throw up gang signs in the wrong community, and have a better <laughs> chance of surviving there right. yeah. than right. in the womb of a mother in New wow. York. That's right. Wow. And right. he's talking about. Right. The gun violence is right. look. I'm, I'm. We can. I, let's let's have the conversation. I'm not close to trying to save kids, but I want to believe that you yeah. have some sort of um, foundation on truth that you really want to yeah. save children. You want to talk to us about children? I, I'm willing. I can have the conversation. Right. What on what grounds of morality are you right. going to have that conversation with right. me? Right. Jones. He, he can't. He has to shut his mouth. Man. He has to shut his mouth because he's not allowed to have this conversation. Yeah. I want to read just some of the things that they want to change in this bill real quick. So part of this is. They want to raise the age in which you can buy a gun to twenty one to twenty one. Yep, yep. Prevent gun trafficking, which I I don't know what what that. Well, is. the federal government can do anything because they haven't really stopped drug trafficking. Wish upon a star. So I don't know how they're going to. They just stop. need more money and power, man. Yeah. That's it. More, okay. You got to give them more money and more power. <clears throat> they want to make sure that you don't have untraceable firearms. You know what that is? That's ghost uh, guns. Yeah, Safe storage. This is the one that scares me the most. That means they're coming in your house. See, yeah, facts, Pastor. Right. How right. are they going right. to know if you're st- you have your gun safe? Yeah, Mr. Shannon, we're here to check and see if you're yeah. safe. Yeah, got said, all your guns said, in. Oh, it. No, I accidentally dropped them all in the lake. Closing the bump stop. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I don't even know what a gun is. Can you please tell me what a gun is? Yeah. <laughs> define a gun. Define a gun for me. <laughs> I'm That's not a biologist. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, not a, a gun, gun manufacturer. <laughs> yes, right. They're gonna close the bump stock loophole. I don't even know Whatever. what that is. I want to yeah. find out what that is and, and keep better. America safe. So what, here, you know what that is? That's the buyback gun process. Uh, so they want to spend your money uh, to buy back the bump stocks and everything. It's a good time to live in Idaho yeah. where we don't have to deal with that. Yes, sir. Free state. Yeah. So well, this is really gonna test that law, though. Yeah. Right. For um, real. One of the things that has been interesting is that the. The people have been seeing this play coming. And what Jim Jordan was doing, do we have the clip of Jim Jordan? He's, he's on the committee. He, yes. This, this judiciary committee, and, and this, was, this was his response. Now we know. Now we know where they want to go. We just said it. End the filibuster, expand the court, forget the Constitution. Now we know. Democrats blame guns. They criticize the NRA. They call Republicans names. But let's be honest. 
They've told us what they want to do. Their real beef is with the Second Amendment. This is the start. This is the start. We know it's the start because Miss Jackson Lee, the first person to speak on their side, said this. We're not finished. This is just the beginning. Their goal, plain and simple, is to get rid of the Second Amendment. Joe Biden said it the other day. Said he wants to ban nine millimeter handguns. They the want clip. to change the country. That's really good. Oh, he gets it. He sees yeah. it. And the, the, the problem, though, is it's not that he doesn't have the facts right. right. He's right. He's absolutely right. But they are telling better stories. Right. Humanity. The, yeah, children. Right. Courage. That's right. They're telling better stories. And one of the things that we have to do is tell the story better and say, remember, imagine a group of people who had uh, that were a part of a country and that country wanted to completely control whether or not they could what they could do on their own land. Tax their team. They wanted to tax their own property. They yep. wanted to, to to control what how well they could take care of their family and the kids in their own home. Taxation without and representation. The thing that saved those people was the ability for them to be able to defend themselves yeah. from that type of tyrannical rule. Right. Yep. That's what we have in the Second Amendment. Right. And that's what we want yeah. for our people so right. they can protect themselves. Right. Because the, you know what's worse than, than, than those kind of shootings is a government that then becomes the shooter. Right. <laughs> right. Now, well, do, do you remember King George? That's right. Do you remember the Declaration of Independence? Don't forget that. So. Yeah, they, we, right. we need, we, he's right, and, you're, and I appreciate that, Knox, because we need to tell better stories. We have to. And, and I think you know, he's, he's getting the facts right, but he does need to appeal. To the hearts, yes, of of the people that on the committee and to the American people, and tell a better story, the American story, really. Yes, so right. this goes back to you know even the ability of black people to defend oh, themselves, right. protect yeah, exactly themselves. Right. We got to talk about abortion. That's right. You yeah. talk about children, Let's full talk about life, abortion. all the way around. Let's talk about fathers and mothers and marriage, yeah, and family. Who are we talking to, Gabe? Robert. Robert Sirico. Next on Cross Politics, we're going to find out why these parables are so important, especially as it relates to economics. Whoa. You don't want to miss this segment. More cross politic coming up next. Home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. Gonna be one of those shows. Uh oh. Oh yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> Welcome back to Cross Politic. With us is uh, Godfather <laughs> Robert Sirico. <laughs> I do everything for you. <laughs> Dime Payments is a Christian-owned processing payment business. Every business needs a payment process system, so go to dimepayments.com forward slash FLF and sign your business up. Working with them supports us here across politics. They won't cancel you like Stripe canceled President Trump. They won't cancel true. you like MailChimp true. canceled the Babylon Bee. Mm. Check them out. At least have a phone call and let them t- and tell them that CrossPolitik sent you. Go to dimepayments.com forward slash FLF. I feel like you should play that music some more. Oh, there you go. Okay, great. With us, we have Reverend Robert Sirico. 
He received his Master of Divinity degree from Catholic University of America following undergraduate study at the University of Southern California and the University of London. Mm. During his studies in early ministry, he experienced a growing concern over the lack of training religious studies students receive in fundamental economic principles, mm. leaving them poorly equipped to understand and address today's social problems. And as a result of these concerns, Father Sirico co-founded the Acton Institute, with Chris Allen Marin mm. in 1990. Mm. Today he's here to talk with us about his new book. I've got it right here. The Economics of the Parables. Father Sirico, thank you for joining us on Cross Politic. Good to be with you guys. This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, oh. We're very, very happy to have you here in our show. Feel free hey, to make yourself at home. Hey, don't bust my chops. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us. And so maybe to start here, if you had only one parable. Now, we know there's more than one, but oh. if you only had one of the parables to tell America in order to get Americans, you know, Christian Americans broadly to repent of our various economic blindnesses or sins, which one would you pick and why? That is a tough question. You know, uh, people usually ask me, what's your favorite parable? And I ask them, what's your favorite kid? Yeah. <laughs> right. Which one are you going to choose? <laughs> right. But I, you know, there, there's, it's like turning a, a diamond. You see so many different uh, ways in which the light plays uh, off of each other that it's hard to answer that. But I would think that perhaps the parable um, of the talents, okay. there's a lot packed into that one and the laborers in the field where the laborers are called at different times of the day. Uh, those two, I also love the prodigal son because there's a lot in there that you, you don't see uh, on first take. But I, I'll say the parable of the talents. Why? Uh, and the, the reason for that is that, by the way, the word talent, as we use it in common English uh, today, comes from this parable. A talent, uh, we see it as a, an ability, a gift that we have. But in this, it's an investment. It's a monetary unit. He, in Matthew's gospel, the owner um, uh, of the, the money in, entrusts the talent. And, and look what's going on here. I mean, remember, it's a parable, so it's not a historical description. It's a lesson, first and foremost, about the kingdom of God. But that Jesus is using an economic backdrop to this is very instructive. And what he does right at the beginning of the gospel, it says that he gives each according to his ability. So what we are entrusted with or what these uh, servants are entrusted with, they're capable of handling. Uh, and he, he wants them to be productive with it. Mm -hmm. And of course, he goes away and he comes back and the one produces an additional five. So the two of them double their income, double the master's income. Uh, and the one, it's very instructive. He comes and he gives him back what he gave him. He didn't lose it. Mm -hmm. He didn't diminish it. He gave him back, and here's what I think is so instructive. It's his attitude toward the master. Now, I'm looking at this from both simultaneously, a Christian point of view, how we look at the Lord, but how people look at the economy. And the first thing he says is, I've, I have buried your talent, and I give it back to you because I was afraid. 
There was a lack of risk. You know, entrepreneurship requires risk. Yeah. Any investment requires risk. If it didn't, if we were all sure of our investments, we wouldn't have to worry about what's going on in the economy right now. Right? Yeah. We'd all be very wealthy. Mm -hmm. But then he says something very revealing about his preconception of who the master himself is. He says, I knew you were a hard man, gathering where you have not scattered, and reaping what you have not sown. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, you know, I was involved in the left many, many years ago, almost 50 years ago now. Uh, that is the attitude that we had on the left toward the free economy, toward business people, toward the very making of a profit, that it is exploitative, yeah. that it, 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 you, you enrich yourself, the capitalist enriches himself at the expense, not where he's sown. He gathers not where he's sown. He reaps uh, and gathers where he's not scattered. And I think that's the, probably the, one of the greatest mistakes of seeing the prosperity of other people and judging it as intrinsically evil. Mm. It may be, it may have been produced by unjust means, by exploitative means, but not necessarily so. Mm. Robert, um, are, are you sure you're not a Protestant? Because that's, I mean, you just sound a Protestant right there. <laughs> I, anyways, we'll get back to that. Are, are you sure you're not a Catholic? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. He's the godfather. <laughs> you know he's going to come for you. See, nice, I know, I know. He's he's in some of my left-wing Catholic friends would accuse me of that. <laughs> <laughs> not in the pleasant and friendly way you just did. <laughs> Since uh, Jesus was a socialist, why are you a capitalist? <laughs> Jesus wasn't a socialist. You know, I, I have a quote in the book from, um, this is a very popular notion, uh, from uh, Winston Churchill. Yeah. He said, where did he get the idea uh, that Jesus was a socialist but the early church was socialist? Because they shared things. They were generous. They were kind. They were caring. They were invested in the well-being of other people. Uh, but what uh, Churchill said was, the socialism of the early church said everything that, is mine is yours. The socialism of today says everything that is yours is mine. Oof. And that's the whole difference. The, yeah. It's not the social concern that's the difference. Socialism is not just sharing and being social with one another. Right. It's confiscating people's private property. That's right. Right. And private property, of course, even the Ten Commandments is sacred. It's holy. Right. Thou shalt not steal. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and you have any of the arm of the state. I mean, the arm of the state is saying, you know, we're they're gonna, forcing, they're pointing a gun at you. Yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. You will. Uh, uh, yours, yeah. Your stuff belongs to me. If Rob, you just give me more power yeah, and money, yeah. we'll fix everything. Go ahead, Rob. I don't want to interrupt you. Ask yourself that question, you know, for, for a minute. It does taking people's money away from them, even if they have a lot of it. Does that make them better people, even if the money you've taken away from them goes for good purposes? Does that make them a better person? Mm -hmm. Or does prompting them and compelling them by some moral fact that draws them to give their money, yeah. does that make them a moral person? And that's, that's the challenge of Christianity, the radical challenge of Christianity. Mm. You know, and you guys, by the way, when I'm talking, you can say amen and hallelujah and all that. Oh, well, well, come on. I didn't know we were doing that. You're okay with that? I, I didn't know. You know, you don't get me started. <laughs>
We'll go to church now. Hold on. <laughs> did you did you read why I used the King James Bible? I did. Yes, that I was did. great. That was great. You have to get the book if you under, to understand because that you me and you attach right then and there, there on that piece. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Brooklyn Tabernacle. Yes, that's right. I used to go there. Okay, we'll have to talk about that on the and and okay. in a backstage. Second. Backstage. Yeah, so we'll hit that backstage. I really yeah. want to hit this though. You know, when I was reading your book. Um, I couldn't help but think, is it biblical illiteracy that is stopping us from being economically savvy as Christians? Because when you talk about risk, I don't hear Christians use that word. I always hear about kind of grasping. Being safe. And, and being safe and the safe Saving thing, your money. Saving your money. And yeah. so, you know, will you, is it our illiteracy that's stopping us or is it... Um, or is it something? Is it fear? What is it? What what's happening here that we can't read the parables and come out with that? No, I, I think it's I think it's a fear. I think we all none of us really likes to leave our comfort zone, right? I mean, that, that's just a truism. Whether it's it has to do with money or it has to do with traveling, geography, whether it has to do with food, we all like what we're most used to. A few people are adventuresome and will we'll kind of reach out beyond. But I think that kind of conservative in, in the negative sense of that word. Uh, and I think the distortion is thinking that being prudent and uh, with, our, with our resources and thrifty is being um, greedy. Hmm. And I, I don't think that's the case. I think we can be very, very generous and still be very prudent. In our current current actually economic climate, what would you be recommending Christians? How should they be uh, responding and taking risk in our current economy? Well, I think this is what requires great discernment. You know, it's like uh, it's like the the builder and to refer to one of the parables, the builder of the the tower. You know, he has to calculate: is it better for me? to do this or do that. And it requires a lot of knowledge of what you're in. I would say start with what you know best. Don't invest in things you don't understand. Mm. Uh, at least don't invest a significant portion. Uh, sometimes you can invest in things because you know people and they have the, uh, the detailed knowledge. But I, I think right now the, the very dangerous moment where we're in is this inflationary um, cycle that we're in and people don't understand what inflation is inflation is simply in printing more money than than we have and it dilutes uh the currency and the potency of the currency and the people who are most dramatically affected by this are those with limited incomes or That's right Mm -hmm. the, the the poor and the elderly right right is there uh is there anything in general as you work through the parables that you thought you know modern american christians just they just they tend to gloss over they tend to miss like is there are there any common elements of the parables where you say okay as you're reading the parables i mean obviously they need to read your book but in general um, are there any, are, are there any particular things you can say you know watch out for these things cuz you're a modern american you're likely to miss this and not see this well, I think the tendency of a lot of people, and this is across the political spectrum, is to eisegete rather than to exegete. Mm -hmm. So I think if you can go to a parable and before you read that parable to just say, Lord, I, I want to just I want to let go of all my presuppositions here mm. uh, and I want to read this and let 
what it says stand out to me and then bring to bear the things that I know. I mean, uh, on the, if you will pardon the right left continuum, which I think has a lot of problems, but uh, on the one hand, you have prosperity gospel, Mm -hmm. which says that, a wealth is the sign that God has blessed you. Right. That poverty is is sin, and that prosperity is uh, the blessing of God. On the other hand, you have, and this roughly breaks down between Catholics and, and Protestants, but I think there are tendencies in in both. Sure. Uh, the liberation theology that says just the opposite. That says that uh, you, we're going to canonize the poor and demonize the rich. Mm-hmm. And I think neither of those extremes are true, and they both come from eisegeting the the texts rather than letting the text speak. The Word of God is so powerful Amen. that it can speak to us, and the parables in a particular way are so enduring. They, they touch us. And you know, I've been a priest for 33 years, and before that preached, and in putting this together, learn so much about these parables and the sophistication. It's a it's a disarming sophistication that our Lord demonstrates here because he he sees things and says them so subtly. Man, that 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 Protestant exegesis. I just wish the Catholic tradition would submit to that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Come on, Robert. All right, we're gonna talk. Listen, you want to get into it? You want to get into it? We're, go, we're going backstage right now. Okay, we're gonna go backstage. I like Robert. I know. All right, the economics of the parable, Robert Cicero. Cirico. Cirico. So sorry, Cicero. He's kind of like Cicero, though. That's funny. I like him as Cicero, but Cirico, go get it. Listen, if you're single, get married if you're married have kids and if you have kids go baptize them until tomorrow love god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself (laughs) go fight laugh and feast this is cross politic all you fight lefties club members backstage backstage have a very blessed day in jesus name (laughs) amen amen Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! (laughs) Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. A republic is about the rule of law, not men. Armored Republic is devoted to seeing the God-given rights of free men preserved against mob chaos, criminal evil, and the jackboot of tyranny. Every purchase of body armor is another free man equipped to resist tyranny, another brother in arms, another hardened household ready to face down the wolves. Body armor is a tool of liberty, and every tool is for the purpose of working or keeping, creating or guarding, building or fighting. Join the Armored Republic. Build. Fight.